So we're going to do John chapter 10. Last week we talked about John chapter 9 and what was going on in chapter 9. You had... The blind man, the man who was born blind. Uh, Jesus healed the blind man. And then what was the whole chapter about mostly? It was not about just him being healed, but it was about... That's right. They were, they were, it was a big, huge controversy. Uh, they wanted to, they interrogated the man. They interrogated his parents. They talked to the neighbors and... They were just fig- trying to figure out what had happened. And the, the, the whole deal in a nutshell was that they did not want to believe the truth about Christ. And so they rejected him and they were pulling further and further into the darkness while this man who was born blind is going further and further into the light. Now, there is not a break between chapter 9 and chapter 10. So when John wrote this, there were no chapter divisions. So it's kind of continuing the saga right here, so to speak. Uh, Jesus is going to be talking, but he's going to be talking to these Pharisees who had been causing so much trouble in chapter 9 and who had basically thrown this man out of the synagogue and, and so all that. So let me read the last couple of verses of chapter 9 and then go straight into 10 to show you how it kind of fits together. In verse 39 of chapter 9, it says, And Jesus said, this is him talking to these Pharisees, For judgment I am coming to this world, that, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. You wouldn't be sinful. But now that you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. And so what's going to go on here is as chapter 10 starts, he's still talking. It's still the same speech. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, and then he gives us a parable of a sheepfold, and what he's doing is illustrating to them why they are blind. He he's going to prove to them that they're blind. All of a sudden, he says, like like Jennifer the Pharisee, just we're playing the role. Uh, Jennifer is a Pharisee, and I, I say, okay, Jennifer, the Pharisees are blind, and the Pharisee says, are you calling me blind? And Jesus says, yeah, I'm calling you blind. And then he says, okay, there was one. A sheepfold, and he's telling the story just kind of like showing, I'm going to show you how blind you really are. And so let me just read the parable. It's just six verses. And then the rest of the chapter, the rest of our section that we're going to look at today is just him explaining the parable. So just read the first six verses with me in chapter 10. And Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs in some of the way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, that's the doorkeeper, the porter, he openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Two more verses. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them. When he takes out his own sheep, he goes before them, leads them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice and a stranger will they not follow, but they will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. And then verse six says, This parable spoke Jesus unto them, and look what it says, but they understood not the things which they were, which he spoke to them. So he basically, by that little parable, he's showing them 
He's basically proving that they're blind because here's my parable and they don't understand what it's like. So he's showing them that they're blind. Now if we had to, Jesus is going to explain the parable here in a little bit. But if you had to go back, if we had to, if we had to go back and talk about this parable, let's just, let's just talk through it and see if we can figure it out without, how many of y'all have read the whole section? That we're supposed to read. Okay. Well, y'all probably already know the answers, but let's let's go back and let's go back and see what is this sheepfold that Jesus is talking about. He says, "Here's the parable." In essence, let me just sum it up for you. There's the sheepfold, and the ones who are not coming through the door of the sheepfold, but trying to climb in over the fence, are thieves and robbers. But the shepherd who owns the sheep, he comes in through the door of the sheepfold. And his sheep will hear his voice and they'll follow him. And he knows each of his sheep by name. And he'll, you know, he takes them out, leaves them out, they follow him, he brings them back, they come back in. He said, but the ones who are trying to jump over the fence and not go through the door of the sheepfold, those are thieves and robbers. So what do you think the sheepfold is that he's talking about? Church. The church, the people of God, the you know, in this instance, he's talking to the Pharisees, he's talking to the uh, Israel, he's talking to the people of God. Basically, is the sheepfold. Who are the robbers that are jumping over the wall? Yeah, the Pharisees, religious people, people that are trying. Later on, Jesus is going to tell us that He is the door. So anybody who's trying to get into the people of God, other than through Jesus, who is the door? See what I mean? Anybody who's wanting to get. Get in, you know, like what are some examples of people that try to do that? Like people who want to do it by their works. That's a good one. The Pharisees were surely doing that. People that uh, wanted to live just by the law. Live by the law. People that that uh, go to just go to church, I guess, would be in our modern context. You know, they come to church and think, well, uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing good. I'm going to go to heaven, whatever. Uh, lots of different things people can say. Well, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm going to go, you know, whatever. You, you, you can just put anything in that blank. But any way other than through Christ, he's calling you a thief and a robber. You're trying to rob, uh, you're trying to rob the sheepfold of its sheep. And so that's what he, he's kind of it's kind of a backhanded deal against the Pharisees right here. He's saying you guys are thieves and robbers uh, because you're not coming through the door. Remember what happened. The blind man came in last in the last chapter. The blind man came in healed. The Pharisees wanted to know how he was healed, because if this was Jesus, if this man was from God and he healed this man, then how is that threatening the Pharisees? They're, hey. If this guy's from God, they're not going to need us anymore. We're supposed to be the way to God. You're supposed to have to come to us Pharisees and get all the rules and all the regulations and all these things down. And, and, and if Jesus is out there leading people to God, they can't come through us. And so that's what ticked the Pharisees off. And what happened was the man, the man, he got thrown out of the Pharisees and thrown out of the, the uh, synagogue. And Jesus came to him. And so what Jesus is showing them is he's saying, look, not only are you not in the sheepfold, but you're trying to steal the sheep. 
You know, because this man came to Jesus and was healed by Jesus. And Jesus found him. And Jesus saved him. He worshipped Jesus. And, and the Pharisees were all over him going like, that's not the way. That's not what you should be doing. So he's basically in this parable telling them, look, you're trying to steal the sheep away from God. When they thought that they're shepherds. A Pharisee would walk around and he would say, you know, I'm a shepherd of God's people. I'm, the, you know, I'm one of the ones that's showing them how to get to God. When the reality was they didn't come through the door. They had jumped over the fence. Does that make sense? Y'all see? Okay. So it says, it says, uh, they're trying to steal the sheep. Later, Jesus is going to tell us that he is the door and he is the shepherd. Uh, so who are the sheep? The saints. The, yeah. The, anybody who is God's people. Save people. People that are in personal relationship with Christ. I want you to look before we go and look at the, the rest of it. Is that he says in verse 4. Oh, verse 3. At the end of verse 3. It says, he called, Thomas the shepherd, he calls his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. When you think of a shepherd, it's hard for us to think about a shepherd. Because today, what we're thinking about is farming. Like, when you look at, you ever seen a sheep farm or chicken farm or whatever, you're looking out and it's a mass of sheep, you know, and they're all running through this, whatever they run through it. Or, uh, you know, a, a chicken thing would be like the, the things they showed where McDonald's is doing chickens. Y'all see that deal? I mean, it was just like millions of chickens everywhere. And, and so you're thinking like sheepfold and you think of like this mass of uh, of sheep is just they all look the same and whatever but this is not the picture that we're that's being painted here in this picture Jesus knows the shepherd knows the names of the sheep he knows each sheep individually he knows each sheep individually by name uh, I'm not an expert on this but I have read where some shepherds in the Middle East they will have a special call and they'll like do, I'm not even going to try to do it, but they'll do their special call and their sheep will recognize that call and will follow them. The shepherd doesn't drive the sheep like, like you would drive cattle or drive horses or you know, all that. He doesn't drive the sheep. He leads the sheep and he leads them with that call. And so there are instances where um, I've read where uh, there would be a, a community sheepfold in a town, like a little town in the first century or whatever, and everybody, when the shepherds would come in, they would just put their sheep in that big sheepfold, and that's it. And then the shepherd would come, the porter would open the door to him, he would do his little call, and his sheep, and his sheep alone would come out. And they would come out and they would follow him, and all the rest of the sheep would stay there. And but so, I was also doing a study in, in, in doing this. I read that a lot of the times um, with a small flock, the shepherd was with them day and night. He never left them. Right. You know, it wasn't that he just, he would go home at night. Right. He slept right. with them. He yes. was with them day in, day out. Right. They were his. And yeah. And you can you can see a picture of that in the the shepherds that uh, the angel came to when Jesus was born said they came to them by night they were out in the field with their with their flocks you know so that's true he knew so Jesus is telling them a picture of it. he knows it's not like hey all of us are sheep and we're all in this big mass of group no the shepherd knows you he knows you it's a it's a personal relationship with the shepherd you see how see how that works that's what he's kind of talking about and that. You know, that leads me to the question is like, do you hear his voice? It says, the sheep hear my voice. 
And, and they won't follow a stranger. They won't follow somebody they don't know. They follow me. Did you, you see the picture of what happened with the blind man? The blind man, he went into the temple. He went into the synagogue and the Pharisees were questioning him. And they were saying, we know this Jesus is a sinner. Do you remember that from last week? And the man, he... he he just could not deny what had happened to him. He said, I don't know what y'all talking about. I don't know if the man's a sinner or not. All I know is that I was blind and now I'm healed. And it got so to the point where they just threw him out. They threw him out. For, and the same thing his parents were terrified of. Remember it said his parents were afraid that the Pharisees were going to throw him out. So they said, don't ask us, ask him. Uh, the man seems to have accepted, you know, hey, whatever. You know, I was blind, now I see. And when they threw him out, Jesus came to him. And the shepherd spoke. The sheep, the blind sheep that had been made whole heard his voice. And so you see kind of how it, how it adds together with the, with the parable he's, he's talking about. So we have a shepherd gathering sheep. We have another group of people that are trying to steal the sheep. And we have sheep in the sheepfold who won't follow a stranger. And all this is in the context of the blind man. So in verse 7, Jesus is going to explain all this parable to us. Because in verse 6, we saw that the Pharisees don't have a clue what he's talking about. He said, you're blind. They said, why do you say we're blind? He said, well, let me tell you a story. And they didn't understand his story. So he's showing them that he's blind. So Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, verse 7, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear him. Then he says it again. I am the door. And he explains it further. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and he shall go in and out and find pasture. And then uh, one more verse. The thief comes... Not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I come that they may have life and that they may have more abundantly. So the door is the only way into the sheepfold. And who's the door? Christ. Christ is the door. He said, I'm the door. What does that mean for Jesus? Does that mean Jesus is a big old rectangle of wood with hinges and a knob on him? What does it mean that Jesus is the door? He's the only way that we have to walk through to get to holy God. That's right. He's the only way into the sheepfold. He's the only way into God's people. You can't jump over the side and you can't try to sneak in another way. You can't try to uh, make another entrance into the sheepfold and expect to be called God's people. Expect to be Christ's sheep. You can't come. You can't. The Pharisees were trying to lead people into God, into the people of God, but they were not coming through the door. They were unwilling to come through the door. Did you see when 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 the when the blind man came and he was he was saying Jesus did this for me and Jesus this man Jesus this prophet Jesus the Pharisees did not want Jesus' name spoken. They did not want to hear about this man who was supposedly from God. They didn't want to hear about you know what he had done. They didn't care if the man was really blind and had you know received his sight. All they wanted was their own. They wanted to keep their own authority. That's all they wanted. And they were saying, Jesus is not the door. I'm the door. That's what the Pharisees were saying. You have to come through us to get to God. You don't go through Jesus. You come through us. And that was what the whole tension 
was about. And so uh, they wanted, the Pharisees wanted to give access, but there is no relationship with God that does not come through the Son. And you've, we're going to read that later on in John. He's going to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except you know, by me. Look at what the sheep get. We're sheep, so look at what we get. We get two things. We get life. If we come through the door, we get life. And we get abundance. We get safety. It says he'll be saved. And we get pasture. I'll leave him in and out and find pasture. Do you, uh, over and over again in the Old Testament, God pictures himself as a shepherd. Uh, you probably, can anybody, you know, what's your favorite song? We all hear that song. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. He restoreth my soul. So Ezekiel 34, he talks about God being a shepherd. And, and so all through the Old Testament, we have these images of God who is the shepherd. But all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. He said, I'm the good shepherd. And so basically what he's saying to them is either one of two things is possible. Either Jesus is God incarnate, God in human flesh, or he's just a lunatic. Because what he's saying, no one else can say. He says, he says I give them verse, uh, where am I? verse 9. I'm the door. If you come in by me, he said, you'll be saved. And you won't just be safe. You won't be uh, just uh, set aside for eternal life. You won't be just safe from the wolves that would come and attack you and all this stuff. He said, but I will leave you in. I will take you out and leave you in. And I'll take you to find pasture. I'll give you. It's the same thing as he's saying, I came to give them life. And I came to give them life more abundantly. So that's what he's saying is that my sheep hear my voice and when I lead them out, I take them and, and, and I give them abundant life. I take them to find pasture. I, uh, you know, Jesus knows his own and the true sheep respond to them. Salvation equals life and you're safe from the wolves. I take the wolves. I mean, you can kind of pick this whole parable apart. We really shouldn't do it that way. But for me, the... the uh, you know, the, the wolf that's he's saving us from is death, really. When death comes, you know, it's Jesus who he talks about when he's... Let me just read it. Okay, I'm getting... Slow down. Okay. I'm the good shepherd, verse 11. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd... Where's huh? a hireling? Hired hand. Like a hired, you know, you would hire somebody, just a worker. He that's a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep, whose own the sheep are not, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling, he's a hired hand, and he doesn't care, he careth not for the sheep. But verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known of mine. And the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So what he's saying is, and, and I, that's what the picture is, here comes the wolf, and the Pharisees, the people who are supposed to be God's shepherds protecting, they jump ship when they see the wolf come. And the true shepherd stands and faces the wolf. The true shepherd protects the sheep by 
you know, doing battle with the wolf and defeating the wolf. And so that's why I, I don't know. I can't prove this and you can't disprove it. So we might as well not argue about it. But, what, you know, the, the wolf there, I mean, it could be that he's talking about death because it is what Christ defeated. Christ did battle with death for us. He died for us and then he took his life back. You know, it's going to say that here in a minute so that we don't have to die. Now, this is what a shepherd does. He, he, he fights and protects for his sheep, protects for his sheep. He fights for and protects his sheep. Can you think of, you think about David when he was, that whole story about him and Goliath, you know, when, when David came to Saul. And I don't know if I would be this kind of shepherd, but uh, when David came to Saul and Goliath was standing out there challenging people, David was like, I'll go fight him. And Saul was like, Man, you're just a, just a kid. You're, you're going to go fight this guy that all my soldiers are scared of? And what David said was the reason he could beat Goliath. Because he came to him in the name of the Lord. Well, that, yes, that is true. But what he gave, he gave Saul some backstory about when he was a shepherd. When he killed the lion. Yeah, he said, when I was a shepherd, watching the sheep, a bear came. Was it a bear? Yeah, it was a, no, it was a bear and a lion. It was both. He said, a bear came and attacked the sheep and I killed the bear. And he said, then a lion came and attacked sheep and I killed the lion. And, you know, I'm thinking like, wow, you know, if I've got a hundred sheep and a grizzly takes one, I'm like, hey, I got 99 sheep. I'm doing good. I, I'm sorry. You know, we, we're going to move to a different area, you know. So, but we, we see that that's not what Jesus said. I'll leave the 99 and I'll go and I'll get the one. And that's what David did. He said, I killed the bear that tried to take one of my sheep. I killed the lion that tried to take one of my sheep. And so Jesus is, is showing us that he is the good shepherd. He's the one that cares for sheep. He's the one that uh, he's the one that will go and find his sheep. And it leads us back to when the blind man was thrown out of the synagogue in the last chapter, what happened to him? He's just, now I'm, I've got nothing. I can see, but you know, how am I going to get to God? What am I going to do? And what happened? Jesus went and found him. Jesus went and got him and said, you know, do you believe in the Son of God? Yes. And it, I think it's a pretty good question. Um, we'll be the judge of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, when, you, when you reference the wolf to death, do you mean like the life physical death or do you mean the death of sin or like sin being death? Uh, both. Because, it, you know, it says, you know, sin is what comes in and steals, kills, and destroys. You know... It says that? Uh, well, I uh, know. I'm just saying it says the thief cometh not. I'm just saying the references that intent says, but to, you know, the thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what sin does to us. It right. steals from us, it kills us, and it destroys sure, us. Sure, sure. And, you know. But the thief, the thief is not the same as the wolf. I know that. I, okay. I, I, was, I was trying to get around to that. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. And. See, you threw me off. I'm sorry. Think about it one more time. Start over. So. Start over. Um, the sin comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Right. And, it, and you referenced, like you said, you referenced the wolf to, to death. So, but I just wondered if you meant is a physical death or if you meant that as a spiritual death. You know. I think it's both. Okay. And the reason I think that is because... The, the the fear of mankind is death. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, and in 1 Corinthians, that's what is defeated for us. 1 Corinthians 15 says, death, where is thou staying? And, and O grave, where is your victory? Um, but 
that death is defeated when our eternal death is defeated because we're no longer afraid of physical death because we don't have to endure spiritual death. We have eternal life. That's what Jesus means when He says, uh, those who come through Me, they will be saved and they will have eternal life and not only have eternal life, but they'll have life more abundantly. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. So, and we're, we're pushing, not every little figure in this parable is something. So that's why I said, I think the wolf could be death. And I said, that's why I said, I can't prove it and you can't disprove it. Because a lot of the parables, you shouldn't try to make every, the parable is, is telling one, it's one particular point that he's trying to make. And that point is that I am the way into the sheep and I'm the shepherd and everybody else trying to get y'all to do another way is wrong. And so uh, there's things that we can glean from the parable, but we shouldn't try to, you know, there's not, each little thing isn't a symbol of something. See what I mean? Yeah. And so I wouldn't, I just said the whole wolf death thing, that's just my opinion. That's not like, this is what it means. You know what I mean? I like this. My question was, was that, was death, you know, what you're talking about spiritual death, what you're talking about physical death, and you answered, you said, oh. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, it's, he's talking and referencing mostly eternal life because that's what we want. That's what the Pharisees were offering. Right. That's what Jesus is offering, and he's saying, I'm the one who gives it. The Pharisees are not the one who gives it. So uh, I just can't get through my head how. <coughs> I was just thinking about David fighting off a bear and lion for for sheep. You know, he loved them. huh? He loved them. Yeah, but dang, he's a but sheep. Like, they were like his kids. I mean, when you fought a grizzly for your kids. Uh, I'm gonna get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to think about. It. it depends on how far it had gotten when I got there. <laughs> you know, like if it was our, if it was, Are if you it seriously was. Seriously kidding? I think he just answered your question. I'm really gonna take no. Okay, Daddy. Like if I got there and it was over and it was like oh. It was like, you know, uh, they still going to die. I love you, Dana. Yeah, make sure that I can take care of my own. But he must have, he must have loved him. You know, he must have. And, and that's what, that's the picture that Jesus is showing. He says, I know my sheep by name. You know, and I care for my sheep. And the hireling, the hired hand, who is that? <laughs> the babysitter. Okay, who are the babysitters? The Pharisees, right. And why are they hired hands? He says, Jesus said, because when the wolf comes, what do the hired hands do? They're gone. They're out of the way. You know, forget it. I'm out. You know. And so they don't care about the sheep. It's like it's like a guy, I mean, you've probably heard it, people that work for you or, or work with you, you know, like uh there's like I'm not I'm not losing my life for eight fifty an hour. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like this whatever. Like a dude walks into McDonald's with a handgun and he's like, "Give me the money out of the register." Like, it's all yours. Take it, take it all. You know, it's like who's gonna fight? Who's the minimum wage worker that's gonna fight for? You know, risk his life for the whatever. He's he's the hired hand. He's not the guy who owns the deal. You know, he's not the guy who who you know. Can't 
cares about what goes on. Now the owner who owns the, you know, when you start, when you come in, guy with a gun comes in and you're taking money off my kid's plate, that guy, he, yeah. he's more li- likely to fight for, you know, what's his. But the hired hand, he doesn't care. I mean, you see it when you work for a corporation. You know, it's like, um, you know, we, uh, hold on. We, uh, you know, his livelihood is based on that deal. He's, uh, he's more likely to fight for the sheep. Okay, if, if the sheep were what you fed your family, you're more likely to fight the wolf because you need to feed your family. But if you're paying a dude 35 cents to watch the sheep and the wolf comes, it's like, uh, take all you want. And that's what the Pharisees are doing. How were they doing that? How were they turning over? Think about the Pharisees as the thieves and robbers. Uh, and the blind man is what well, I think what Jesus is referring to as a sheep. How are the Pharisees turning him over to the wolf? When the wolf come, they instead of fighting for the blind man, they just, I'm out, whatever. Because the Pharisees could not argue with the blind man. I mean, there was no valid argument point, and so that they didn't look like idiots to other people. He, they just got rid of it. Yeah, they didn't care. They were more interested in being right than they were about, wow, this man's been healed. You know, well, they're they're by statues too, not by biblical. Mm-hmm. It's about all the different things that they had created. They're all the rules. Right, right. They weren't really right. They weren't really right. But they were more worried about they're losing their position. Yeah. They didn't want to lose the, hey, I am a Pharisee and I've got all the answers and you can get to God through me. They were more interested in that than they were the well-being of the man who was blind. Well, they would have had to humble themselves and they weren't going to do that. Yeah. Well, they would have had to admit that this guy, Jesus, is working for God, is doing God's work, doing God's will. And they sure, they they wasn't in on that deal, for sure. Anything else? They'd have to get up their authority. Yeah, their position. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do, too. I mean, we're prideful people. We sure are. Just in all walks. Okay, verse 15 through 18, he's going to show us how he gathers his sheep. The shepherd is gathering his sheep. How is he doing that? Verse 15 says... Uh, I'm going to come back to that 15. Uh, there's something really neat in there, I think. But it says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And it says, I, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Who is that? The Israelites. The Israelites were the ones that were in the fold. But he's so, talking about us, the Gentiles. Yes, he's talking about the Gentiles who were not of this fold. He said, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be how many folds? One. One fold. And how many shepherds? One. One shepherd. I don't buy into this deal about God's got two different kind of people. He's got Israel over here and he's got the church over here. I don't buy into that. There's one fold. There's one shepherd. Both Jew and Gentile come to God through Jesus Christ. We are one body. One body. He's made the two one. That's in Ephesians 2. And it says, Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man take it from me, 
But I lay it down on myself. And then I love this. He says, I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. Amen. The commandment have I received. I think it's the first time anybody's ever amen me in class. Thank you, though. That's good. I enjoyed it. This, oh, yeah. It's amazing, too, isn't it? He has the authority. And this is where you're either going to say Jesus is an insane person or he's God in human flesh. Because we all have the authority. I have the authority to lay down my life. You know, I can go run in front of a bus. I can jump off or whatever. I can. I have the authority to lay down my But once it's down, once it's laid down and I'm dead, <laughs> that's where your authority stops. You don't have the power to take that juggle back up again. Jesus said, not only am I going to lay down my life, nobody's going to kill me of their own, you know, oh no, they did this to Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to give myself to them to be crucified. And then he said, and I have the power to take my life back up again. And that's how he he defeats death, the wolf that comes for the sheep. He defeats it by, he, he takes death upon himself and then overcomes it by rising from the grave. You see how that? And so his sheep can follow him in that. So our death, when, when we physically die, uh, we, our spirit will go to be with the Lord and we'll be with the Lord until he returns. And when he returns, we'll overcome death the same way that he did. We'll physically not just spiritually, not just, you know, <laughs> spirit things, but we'll physically rise from the dead again in physical bodies just like he was. Be perfect, perfected bodies, but, but physical ones. So he's saying, this is how I'm gathering. I'm gathering my sheep. This is how you enter the door. You know, it says, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets into the sheepfold unless they come through the door, which is me. This is how, this is how the door works. I lay down my life for the sheep and then I'll take my life back up again and that's how I'm going to gather my sheep into the sheepfold. Okay? And then the, the last thing the uh, the uh, the Pharisees say uh, that 19 says there was a division therefore again among the Jews for they uh, for these sayings yes I'm having trouble reading the fine print and many of them said he hath a devil and is mad why hear ye him? Others say, these are not the words of him that hath the devil. And then this is why I connect it to the blind man. They said, can a devil open the eyes of the blind? See, so they're, they're still thinking about what had happened the chapter before. So he has the authority to, to defeat death and conquer death. And so you still see in this picture, you still see the movement of light and darkness. You still see, even after all this parable, after all this teaching about I'm the door and I'm the shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep and no one comes into the sheepfold unless he comes through me. You still see there are some Pharisees who are hearing these words of Jesus and they're moving further and further back into the darkness. He's there, they're saying, you know, this guy's a devil. He's insane. He's demon possessed. He's got all those things. But then that, there are some that are that are getting exposed to the light and saying, but wait a minute, uh, uh, a guy that works for the devil, he's not going to be healing people and bringing, you know, making men who are born blind, you know, letting them see. And so this division is still going on. So the question that it brought to me this week, and it was really, it was, it was, it was tough on me, really, because 
my thing was, you know, I could sit here and ask you, you know, do you hear his voice? You know, when you read the scripture, do you hear his voice or is it just facts and figures to you? I could I could ask you if you, you know, if you took the last week of your life and somebody observed that week and everything that you did in that week, would they say that you live for this shepherd, that you live for Christ, that you are following him, that when he leads out, you go. When he leads back in, you come in. Would they look at your life and the decisions you've made from the time you get out of bed to the time you go back to bed at night, would they say, wow, that man is following Jesus? You know, did you mess up? Of course you messed up sometimes, but would they look at your whole life from the time you get up in the morning, go to work, do whatever you do, and then come home? Would they say, wow, that man's following Jesus? Uh, I could say that, but it always comes back to me because my thinking was, as I was like, as I was going to bring those out to y'all, and those are valid points, uh, my thing was, are you are you in are you enjoying teaching Sunday school because you're the Sunday school teacher, or do you actually care about the sheep? See, that was the whole thing with the Pharisees. They love their position. They love their whatever. They love being who they were. They love the fact that they had the answer to come to God, but they didn't care for the sheep. They could care less what happened to the sheep. They just liked their position. So there's a little in there that convicts you. You should. And there's a little in there that convicts me. And there's a little in there that convicts. It, it kind of works both ways, you know, because uh, you have people that look up to you. And are you leading them to Christ or are you just are you just over them? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Y'all with me? So any thoughts? No? Did everybody understand? I was kind of rambling there about half my career. You go back and touch more light on 15. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah verse 15. You remember our... our uh, That's our Trinity lesson. Yeah. Do you remember our Trinity lesson where we talked about... Uh, let me see if I can... What time is it? Do I got time? It's 10, 13. Okay, just a few minutes. Remember that we said... And this is... Remember, there's no way to make a perfect diagram... It all, it's all going to fall apart sooner or later. Remember we said there's one God, right? All this is God. This is just a picture. Man. It's not, you know, I'm not trying to be blasphemous or anything. All this is God. And in it, God, we have the Father. We have the Son. And we have the Spirit. But no analogy is perfect. All this is the Father. All this is the Son, and all this is the Spirit. Remember all that? Remember all that? It's kind of confusing. That's why it's not like a tree. You know, like if you have a tree, and we just you got the the top, you got the whatever that is, trunk, trunk, and then you got the roots. But it's one tree. Why doesn't that work? Because you can cut the because this is not the whole tree. The trunk is not the whole tree, and the roots are not the whole tree. You got to have all three to have the whole tree. This is all, all the Father is God. All the Son is God and all the Spirit is God. There's nothing like it in creation. So it's no sense of us talking about eggs and water and all that kind of stuff. But remember, my thing was we were talking about God is love. And so even before there was a creation, you had the Father loving the Son. You had the Son loving the Father. You had the Spirit loving the Son, loving the Father. Remember, so even before creation, before He created the first thing, there was God who is love in relationship with the persons in the Trinity. Make sense? Y'all with me? Okay. 
So when it said right here in verse 15, it says, as the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. No, no, I'm the good shepherd as the father knows me and I as the father knows me. Even so. so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for sheep. The other sheep that I have, I'm the good shepherd. Look at seventeen. Therefore, that no. You want to take it from me? Where's it at? The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <Heasty>. <laughs> You are here to help. Where is it? It ain't in my notes either. Maybe I was just you going crazy. You said you were talking about it. As the Father knoweth me. Okay, this is what. Yeah, okay, I got it. Done. Done. All right. Look. Remember, when John wrote this, there's no chapter divisions, no verse divisions. He just wrote a big long letter. So it says, verse 14 says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. I'm not going to sit here and write all that. He says, I know my sheep and am known of my sheep as the Father knoweth me, and I know the Father. That's what it says. See what I mean? Y'all see that in there? That eat, the word even is, 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 is in Greek is kai. And that can mean and. Most, most often means and, but it can also mean even. So it says, I, it says, I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And I am known of mine, of my sheep. And this is just like I, I know the Father. The Father knows me. I know my sheep just like the Father knows me. And I know the Father. See what I mean? Make sense? So remember what we said when you're in the sun, what God did was we were out here. Man, I am so bum fuzzled today. Uh, this is me. Skinny me. Uh, okay, that's me. can't be in relationship with God. Uh, I'm on the wrong side of the team. I'm evil. And so what happened was the son came to earth. The son came to earth and he gave his life, bled, died, rose again, and then he ascended back to the father, right? But what did he do? It says, I am in Christ. He took me by faith, by grace through faith. He took me here with him where I am in perfect relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Does that make sense? So the Bible talks about you being in Christ. I'm in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're a brand new creature. If you're in Christ, you're, if you're in Christ through this. Uh, so what it's talking about there is the Son is I am in the Son. Have you ever heard me say when God looks at me, He sees Jesus you know, instead of me? That's what it's talking about. So I'm in perfect relationship. I'm in this perfect relationship, this love relationship that God has from has had from all eternity, not because of anything I've done, but because of what the Son did by coming to earth, dying for me, and then ascending back to the Father. Does that make sense? That is like so simplified. There's a, a lot more that could be said, but I'm running out of time. Y'all with me? Any questions? I know today was really confusing. I was all over the place.
Any questions? Comments? Cries of outrage? Okay. Let's pray and we'll get out of here. Lord, we love You. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for being our shepherd. Thank You for being our true shepherd, God, that leads us in and out and uh, brings us to find pasture, God. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that You'd be with us today as we go and we hear Your Word and service, God. You'd be with Brother Eddie as he preaches and that You would um, show us more of Yourself, show us more of ourself, God, and help us to do Your will. Help us to be Your children. Help us to um, Help us just to follow You, God.